1: to rocky road rewind i'm kevin byrne and this week i'm joined by well greatness in 1991 this fighter won gold at the european championships in stockholm after four displays that marked him out as different to all the rest if belfast gave us the likes of god-given talents like george best alex higgins dublin gave us paul McGrath, liam brady and paul griffin his european gold was ireland's first since 1949 when maxi McCullough topped the podium in norway After a 42-year gap, it would take another 19 years for an Irishman to do it again, with Paddy Barnes taking gold in Moscow. And I'm sure for Paul, it's hard to believe we're coming up on 30 years since his own title success. Paul, still flying the flag, I believe. How are you getting on?
0: Great, Kev, yeah. Oh, stop, it's like 30 years. It's hard to believe, but it's there. You just don't feel the time going, and unfortunately, you can't get it back. But yeah, it it was a great time. It was a great... It was, it was unexpected at the time, but I, 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 I didn't, I actually expected to go out and win a medal, you know, I was boxing re- when I was 19, I don't know, I was boxing, I just improved so much from 18 to 19, that I knew I had to do something, because I was in sparring down in training camp, I was sparring with guys that were like a stone heavy to me, and, and that were going to the Europeans with me, and, and, and I was, you know, it was, I was getting the better of them, you know. Mm. So I knew at the Fed at 19, I was very young, and I was—I didn't even look 19; looked probably 17. But I just was very strong for that, and I was very—I just—I don't know. I just had no fear in me, you know. I think it's the younger the better. Yeah, now a lot of people don't go in now to elites till that 19, 20. But I—I I believe in letting them go if they—if they wouldn't know, you know.
1: Yeah, Paul, bring us back to the start. Where do you come from? Where's home?
0: I'm, a, I'm a re- I was born in and bred in Uh yeah, born and bred in Drimna, the my life went to school in Drimna. But I started boxing when I was seven years of age down in the Phoenix Boxing Club down in in Park A Street, uh, just beside the Phoenix Park there. But because uh, I had a cousin of mine, who was uh, he was 2 times senior champion and box professor Richie Foster, and he was a, he was my dad used to look after him because his father died when he was young, and he was my first cousin. So my dad we used to go everywhere to see Richie boxing. Me and me two older brothers. My two brothers, my older brothers boxed before me and I followed them into so it. They were brilliant boxers too. Noel was me my, my oldest, but it was Noel. Who, who won three Irish titles, he was beaten in four finals and Gary won three Irish titles and was beaten in seven finals. So like the, the, the calibre was there. The, it was in the blood, I think, you know. Yeah. Richie Foster uh, uh, was, was, the, was the man that beat Phil sort of twice in the finals. the seniors, you know. Yeah. And didn't didn't just beat me? He, he absolutely. He, he just he just was too strong for for Phil, you know. And Phil, as you know, was a great was a great little fighter himself, twice bronze medalist, you know. But uh, he just couldn't get the better of Richie, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, and that's how we we kind kind of followed my brothers into. And I was seven years of age, and and. And then I remember the, the trainer in the club saying they're yeah, too young, don't let him train. But I just kept kept coming back. And they got sick of me and they just let me train, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tony so, Davitt there in uh Yeah, time. Tony was there. Yeah, Tony, Tony trained me for the first few years. But Peter Glennon was the old trainer. He was a kind of he was a trainer like 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 your man now, Rocky Mickey, you know, the old, the old fella, you know, he was real, real cranky and and he said, Get him out, he's too young, you know. But I just kept slipping in behind him, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I just kept it. that and and I was just I, I basically think I was born to box, you know. Cause it just felt so natural from the start, you know. And I, I'm right-handed, so I should have been an Orthodox fighter, but I kept going. I they, they tried to teach me as an Orthodox, but I just kept turning to the to the south part, and and I it just they just left me then after a while, you know. Yeah. But I had a lot of fights before it was even eleven. I think they'd about geez, 30 or 40, you know. Because you could do that then, you know, before you you know, you can only box now till you're eleven. And then when I when I when I, I turned ten years of age, I used to get the bus from uh Drimna down to Park Actually, If my father wasn't there, I'd get I'd get the bus down on my own. That's how dedicated I was, you know. It was only mm. eight, nine. And then I said, oh, I'll go to Drimna Boxing Club, because it was l I've heard lots of good things about her and there was lots of great fighters in us. So they w- would just bring me on, you know. So I went down to Drimna and 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 the rest is really history. I just, the just sat there. Yeah.
1: And uh the so you said you were you were born to box. Any other sports have your attention as a kid?
0: I was I was actually a good little soccer player, but I think it was just a little bit too small, you know. And uh I, I actually only I'm for, about five or six and a half I am, but and I but it was very small until I was about seven day and I just took a sprint. I was lucky. I think I escaped midges and by about two inches, you know. <laughs> I just took yeah. a bit of a stretch. I went from seven stone to to basically nine stone in two years, you know, and then it was a national featherweight. We never had any problems with the weight around, you know. No. I was blessed, you know, and uh, yeah, so we ended up going to Germany and I actually, I won, so I won, I won every competition you could win as a, as, a, as a juvenile. Everything I won, all the six county Dublin, six county double leagues and six All-Irelands and I won the Gaelic Utes twice as a youth, I won any lands, so I went every i went, be I won as a junior you could box. I won everything. I won the under eight days and I won the intermediates. And then I lost me four senior final to Roy Nash. And um, that broke me heart, you know,
1: because
0: mm. I was had to be inspired by Nash like a year before that, when I was fighting in the in the war juniors. And I, we we're in Kerry and trying camp. They brought him in. He was Nash was very strong, very experienced. But I was out boxing him, you know. I was only 17. And I well, actually got a bit cocky the year later. Then I said, I'm in, in the scene as with Roy, that's going to kill him, you know, I'll beat yeah. him easy. But I, I got shin splints, you know. And, and I have to say, it was a bit of a mess when I was younger. And it was very, very cocky because, well, I suppose, because of all the stuff I'd won. But he, well, he actually boxed him. And after the fourth round, I was knackered. And I just, I just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't stay with him. It, like, he, he beat me easy and I hold me, will take me off. It was wasn't fit. So I said to myself, I knew it then. I was in a man's game. So it was, I like, w- what are you going to do? Are you going to give up or are you going to fight back? And a week later, the, Amer- the American boxing team came over and Roy Nash was the was the number one choice, but he wouldn't fight against America, May- maybe because it was America, I don't know. So these Austin crew knocked on my door. Uh... It's 11 o'clock on the Thursday morning and he says eh, you're fighting tomorrow night. I know he hadn't trained all week and I just sat down and I said ah awesome I'm not really he said well if you don't do it he says you lose the number two spot to Paul because there's was beating him in the semis you know so I said right so if I boxed a guy called Mike Graffiti who just lost to Oscar De La Hoya in the on points in the in the American Championships and what a hard fight but it, well, it was one of the best fights of my life I, I just I fought his game and I beat him and that was the after that fight, I just said, that was me, that was me back in the game, because it was really down, you know, and I said, I know I can compete with these fellas now, you know, so I just started training hard, I never really, I didn't, I used to train, but not, not, not not to, the elite, to win the lead boxers, you know.
1: Had you taken your eye off the ball at that stage, because?
0: Yeah, I just got too cocky, and i tell you what happened, when I got shin splints and all, I, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't run because there was, you know, was bad pains in my legs, but I, I still didn't worry. I said, ah, I'll be him anyway, you know, you know, that type of way Like, you know, cocky, stupid young, you know what I mean, cheeky, ugly. But I got it, was the kick up the hole I needed, you know? Yeah. You
1: said, Paul, you were a bit of a messer. What sort of What sort of things were you, were you getting up to? Like?
0: Ah, well, so look, you know, put sort it of this way when you went away on a, on, a, on a boxing trip with me, you didn't want to stay in my room, but no one did. Because <laughs> you, you might come home with less two eyebrows, or you know, something, something's it, it was just all fun and games for me, you know. But yeah. uh, there was, was no malice in it, it was just a bit of crack, you know. But uh, you had some great, great times with, with over the years, uh, traveling abroad with the, all the other. I could remember everyone, but never really say that I didn't get on with anyone, you know. It was great.
1: But if you didn't have boxing as a teenager, Paul, what do you think you would have been up to?
0: Well, see, this is it, Kev, you know. Uh, I found him which is which was a rough enough place, and and you know there's a lot of shit going on. But well, I have to be honest, that's all I ever wanted to do was box, and and I'm so glad. I oh, owe a lot to boxing. I owe me life to it. Like I've seen the whole world. I've been everywhere in every country. I've been probably in every every country in Europe. I've been to South America. I've been to Canada three times, America three times, Australia, Thailand. I've been everywhere, you know, and. Uh, that's all true boxing. I've never been anywhere only for boxing, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, and I like to think, Jay's I I always come home. I, I boxed the world championship four times, the juniors once, and then three times. And I was beaten in the quarterfinals twice by the winner, you know. And we're very, 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 I, you know, just one, we're only beaten by a couple of points, you know, that type of way. And, the one in Thailand, I fought a guy called Falk Costa, a German. It was in two. I was just at a fight in Sedrum was He had won the World Championships by 15 points to one. Beat the Cuban. And I boxed him in Dublin. And I drew 11 all of them. And was it's on, it's on YouTube. There's nothing in the for you. I thought I got it. And I should have got it in Dublin, you know. But, but then I knew. I said, I can compete with these fellas, you know. Mm. No one ever touched this fella. And then I went to the World Cup. If a couple of months later, it was nineteen ninety four. it Was my last, uh, it was my last year as an amateur, and I didn't. And this is some kind of. I would, I would have said I was, I was on, a, had a grant to go to um, Atlanta, and I, I, you know, really, really wanted to go back to Olympics because I had a really bad uh, experience in ninety two. And I was much more mature. And I hadn't I was fighting better than I ever fought in '94. And I went away and I won my first two fights in the World Cup, beating Russian before fight. So and then I beat an Australian. And a very good Australian. a fellow called James Swan. He he was Commonwealth games champion as well. And I beat him easy, and then I fought this Fal Costa, six-foot German, nine stone. I couldn't believe it. But oh, I could I it was a five-two-minute rounds. Barry McGuigan was there, he was doing the commentary for Star TV in, in Asia. And I absolutely—I beat the fellas. We won us three, but in the last round it was eight all with twenty seconds to go, and the referee gave me a public warning, and I lost three points, 11 eleven eight. And I'm not joking. And, and I, I was trying to get in a band, kev. You know, for what happened in the Olympics, and we'll we come to that. And and I said to said I was well, I was going kind of to t- t- stage a protest, but when we up, and up. He says, look, if you don't get out of the ring, he says you'll. You know, they they'll ban you for life, you know. Yeah. So we just said and so then let just start thinking about the pro game, you know. So I came home, that was in the summer of ninety-four, and then they sent me over to in October, me and McDowell, Dowell, who was he was my trainer at the time, and we went to Finland for uh, the Tampere Box Cup, which is a really, really good uh real uh, competition. And I, I I won three fights over there and I got the best boxer on the three nights and the overall best boxer. So I come home with four cups. A gold medal, I was at the beating everyone, and then I just said to myself, "That's it, I'm I'm going pro." You know, I should yeah. have said amateur. I, I regret it to this day, but because the Tatarov got to the final in Atlanta, and you know, and I was and the Falkos got to the quarterfinals or the semifinals, and I, had to, I and I knew I had a beat to them and all. but like, I had to trained the way I was, the way you know, because when it's home professional and. You know, after two years, I was, I was, I was got a, a crack at a, at a WBO intercontinental title. They sent me over to uh, to Germany to spar with this uh, for, this fellow swing for a world title, a fellow called Marco Rudolph. He would be Oscar De La Hoya in the world championships in '91, and I was supposed to do eight rounds with him every day, but he couldn't even do four rounds with me every day. He, I absolutely destroyed him. So I still was young enough to to, to box amateur, you know, and. I just think back now. I, I just, why didn't I just wait around? But what can you do? Mm.
1: You know. Yeah, I can see why opponents had such trouble catching up with you in the ring because uh interviewing you we're up, we're down, we're all over the place. I wanna bring you back there to the late to the late eighties, Paul, and the Ireland team. Who yeah. who was on the scene? Who were the best fighters? Obviously Wayne McCullough was coming through, your club mate yeah. Michael Carruth, was there, yeah. Eamon Lochran left and went pro early, he turned that's right. Who was who was who were the boxers at the time that you were friendly with and the boxers you oh,
0: like, well, well Eamon McGee was always one of my best friends, you know, because he was always up to mischief as well, you know. He, but, like? he 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 had to know him, you know. I have to say he, he's one of them he's just he he just he was good crack. He was great for a laugh and he he was I mean he he done really well for a, like for a fella the way he lives. He he's it's it's been well documented the way uh way, him, him was an alcoholic. I had a treat a problem to drink himself out or right through my career as well. But uh, we used to be partying a lot we if we, we hadn't have partied half of what we did. I, I don't know. I won so much medals and so many medals. I often think to myself if I didn't do what i done, what would I have won? Like, you know? But look, I'm happy to, to I'm actually happy to, for what I've won because it does not, I had 220 fights as an amateur and I only lost 12.
1: Yeah, some going.
0: And and, and and I was in the, I was on the world stage. I was number one in the Great British oil, in Britain for six years for the whole. From the time I was nineteen till till I went uh, professional, I was number one in the British So I was number one in Europe in ninety one, I was number five in the world or something. And and then when I boxed Toddroff and I boxed that Falcon, I'm sure it was well up there in the rankings just before I left, you know.
1: Yeah. So who but, uh, so there was a Eamon McGee was there. Um What. Your clubmate Michael, your clubmate Michael Carruth. Could you see uh, as you're coming up together that he was a potential Olympic gold medalist?
0: Look at yeah, I got look at Michael. Michael was four years old. The same exact same thing happened to Michael what happened to me in the Olympics. That's why it was saying... because he he won his first fight in the Olympics in Seoul, and then he got he got couple lucky punch and 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 he was stopped. But like four years later, he came back and so. I actually I looked back and sex same thing happened to me, I got fucking stopped and and then I was coming I was rebuilding my career. Michael was a very, very good fighter, great fast hands, of course. He I, I had a great load of great fighters in just to look up to. Like I used to look up to Michael, I'd look up to Phil Sutler was a great fighter before him. My brothers were great. Well I, my my favorite amateur of all time was Kieran Joyce mm. from Cork. Oh you I just used to look at him and when and, and, and I I mean, I'd look at him, he was just a machine, you know? Yes. He wasn't the, He wasn't the most technical boxer, but my God, he could fight, you know? But I always remember, like, and I always used to look and I used to look, I'd want to, be, I want to be them one day, I want to be fighting, I want to go to the Europeans, I want to go to the Olympics, you know? I want to go to the World Championships. And then when I did go, you know, I was only 19 and and they didn't want to send me because they said I had no experience as an international fighter, you know? Yes. But look and what I- happened.
1: And at the time, Paul, uh, now we know all about the high performance system and it brings yeah. in brings in teenagers and gets them up to international standard and kind of yeah. sends them on then. But and, give, and there's plenty of support outside of the ring. What did you lads have coming up? Um, well, what sort of support experience?
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing, Kevin. I, my biggest influence in my whole life was my father. And if I hadn't got my father and my mother uh, for, for saying that, I, I didn't, I'd, have, I, I'd have done nothing. Because my father he came with me everywhere. He brought me everywhere. Now, he didn't have to bring me everywhere. If he wasn't there, I would get the bus, you know. But he was—he was, he was a, such a good support to me. And I used to get into that ring, and I didn't care. After I box, I'd always get out of the ring. And if someone would say, "You always worry about how did the box well," I only had to go to one person, and he—he tell me I was straight, and he tell me straight, "You were—you were, you were terrible tonight, you know. You were brilliant tonight."
1: Was he a big boxing fan?
0: I. Loved boxing, loved it. Now he was never a boxer himself, but he, he like I said, he looked after my cousin Richie Foster, my grandma. He looked after all of us. He used to drive us from he used to bring us to uh, boxing shows and drop it every Tuesday, every Thursday. And this was right through the eighties, you know. Mm. He, and he'd fill his car up, he used to have a big long, big long bats, and and everyone would pile in. And he, he was a he's just an unbelievable, man, God rest him, you know. What
1: was his uh, job? What did he do?
0: He he was at, he walked at a race, he was a horse race and he walked for the bookies. Oh, very good. And my my grandfather was a bookmaker. I never really, I, I walked to the track a few times, you know, cracking from my uncles and that. But I was only all I ever wanted to do was box, you know. Yeah. And like, and another great influence in my life was was actually Michael Cruz's father, Austin. He was he was. A, I used to especially when I was in my youth 15, 16, 17 I used to I went to a lot of uh, a lot of places to box on my own I used to get invoices to box on these shows and all over Ireland and sometimes in England and that and, and it would always be him with me and he was a lovely man he was so inoffensive and he, he, he could you could just listen to him softly spoken you know yeah but a lot of wisdom and, and, a, and a lovely man God rest him as well you know
1: and he got you out of trouble a couple of times as well Paul
0: well he did, yeah. He did. But, uh,
1: you, you were telling <laughs> us about the knock on the door, you were telling us about the knocking the door before
0: facing the United States there. Uh, uh... Yeah, he's the knock on the door. I, you know, I was was at the in you know, you're 18 and not to the losing the Cena finals and, and I was absolutely down in the dumps, you know. And I never really drank much then though, but it didn't take long when I got the taste of I actually loved it, you know, and I had a lot of we had a, a lot of problems with drink over the years. I'm I'm actually I'm in a good place at the moment now, you know. I'm Good doing stuff, very, yeah. very well, which is great, you know. But I, I always, I'm, I, I'm actually a coach now on Drillbox with Michael, and I, I hate to see kids straight. Like, I I always say to them, well, like, you know, how can I say to them? I say, just don't drink until you finish. finished, you know, because what I've done to me, you know. But, uh, like, I, I and they look at me and say, you know, you, you fucking won this new one that I know, but I could have won a lot more, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but it's it's like you just be worried about what kids do. they start drinking? what else do they start to do? And then what's going on in 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 the world today? You know. Yeah, of course. But, but I but I but I'm actually really enjoying it you now because the club is closed at the moment. I still actually uh, have a good few friends there. I, I ring them every day, and, and I meet them in the park every every couple of days. And we do we do like a lot of session running sessions and uh, sprinting and and shadow boxing and, and stuff like that you know so i'm keeping them on the ball They're already year out now And t- fair play to them most of them have, there's a lot of them just few not a lot of them there's a couple have walked away but there's a lot of them are still there and, and i don't know how they are because like, there's nothing to really train for you know
1: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care Yeah, absolutely. Very- yeah, they, they, they don't have a European Championships coming up. So, Paul, take us back to uh, nineteen ninety one in Gothenburg when you won this European title. Yeah. Um, seven members of the Irish team. Do you remember them all?
0: I remember every one of them, every single one of them. And uh, I was only nineteen coming in, and I have to remember, like, the uh, I was a very, very bad mess and like just played a lot of pranks and things. I remember going into. Neil got through him one night, one one morning before we, you know, before we went out running, and he, and he was in the shower, and it was about six o'clock in the morning. And I filled up his, I filled his shoes up with sugar and, and milk and tea bags, <laughs> 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 and I could hear him, and because we'd all have to get down to get weighed, you know, Nicholas would weigh us all, you know, forced every morning, and then I could hear him scream and shout the hotel. He said, "Griffin!" <laughs> and it was always Griffin. <laughs> That's the thing. If that didn't happened, I always got the blame, you know. But uh, yeah. it was funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we went down. The, I'll never forget it. And we, they didn't want to send me. They were, they wanted to send Nash. And, and when I beat him a week later, they had an international Ireland versus Spain. And I think it was like to, to say like whoever done well on on, on the international because they were saying they hadn't any international experience as a senior, you know. So if I didn't box well that night, I wasn't going. You know, basically yes. Yeah. So what did they do? Nash was four fight and they put me on last fight of the night. Mm. Nash box brilliant. But he boxed the number two from Spain, I boxed the number one. But he boxed even better than the last way. I bleed destroyed you, man. So he hadn't really got a choice. He had to send me. Like, yeah. So
1: Paul, there were se- there were seven members of the team. Yourself, yeah. um, yourself, Neil Goff, who, who you tormented. Yeah. Who else was there?
0: Uh, Paul Buttermer, it, w- it was Buttermer from Cork, very good fighter, like over the years. Like, my God, you have to say, Paul Buttermer, uh, well, he was such a such a hard, like Classy boxer, you couldn't hit nobody could really figure him out. I boxed him when it was I only ate him when I boxed him in, in the four scene as I was like, beat him easy. But like and then I said to myself, but the year before that he was at the beating Wayne McCulloch, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's caliber. Like Wayne McCulloch was fucking to me. Wayne McCulloch was one of the best fighters I ever seen. He's the best Irish professional I ever seen, anyway, in my eyes. Well, yeah. But he was a he was a brilliant amateur. He's only getting going in the tour round, you know. Yeah, yeah. And
1: he like, didn't go to the Europeans because of illness, is that right? He had to
0: cause. Yeah, and then and then yeah, but Joe, he, he pulled out, I think he was to fight Joe Lawler in the final. And he pulled out and Joe got it. Joe Lawler was a Jesus was a great fighter in himself. Joe Joe's so like he was the first actually boxer that I was actually put in the deep end but when I was 16, I was second year youth champion, right? And Austin Cruz says, I well, was fighting Paul Ireland. It was a year and a half older than me, and it was for the under eight the European Juniors. So whoever won the free went to European Juniors. So they brought uh, Joel Lawler up to spare me, and, and I was only a boy, 16, and he was a man. He was, like, 24, and he said to be at at Olympic Games, and boy, Z, And I'll never forget, he's the first man that I've ever actually wobbled me, you know?
1: Mm.
0: Well, my God, it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, as the years went on then, Jesus Christ, oh, he's only sparring them, we would just move around, you know. But Joe Lawler really woke me up and I said, he can hear. And if you look back on his international career and all, Jesus, a lot of knockout wins, especially against England and Scotland and all. He could punch, you know. Yeah. And, but he oh. wasn't on that, he, he was on that team, he was a and Because uh, he was the fight Wayne McCullough, I think, and Wayne got sick or something. There was Paul Bottemar He he fought out there, but poor Paul Bottemar, like he come into training camp and he would have been, he be sixty kilos and he's fucking fighting at fifty one, you know, crazy. I yeah. was fighting at fifty seven and I was fifty eight. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. he was poor. Uh, God love me, he was just battling the scales. Like I said to you, when you when you do lose weight like that and you know, use stress suits every day, by the time you get to the competition, there's nothing there, nothing left. I tried to tell all my own boxers, you know, at the last few, I've had a few of them up with sweatsuits suits, and I said, lads, you're wasting your time. I mean, you're just going to lose probably three kilos. You're going to go home and drink water, and you're going to put a straight back on, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's madness. You need to lose. Lo- you need to uh, lose the weight like naturally, you know, just a couple of t-shirts on you and and, and hard work, you know, and you get fit at the same time.
1: Yeah, and uh, Dennis Galvin and Billy Walsh uh, are on the team.
0: Dennis was very funny as well. Great, great times with Dennis. I went to, to Thailand with Dennis and uh, I, went to, I went to Sydney World World Championships with Dennis and I and I, 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 shaved both of his eyebrows. His, both of his eyebrows were shaved off on the two occasions. And I'll never forget it. I shaved his eyebrows off. He's had a fight in his fight and he got beaten, I think, and he was drunk and I, I shaved him off. So we went to the competition without him. Next of all, he got a taxi from the hotel out. <laughs> and the, the, we're in Sydney and this was a huge big place, you know. And I seen him coming. I was at the top of the there was like, you know, a big stadium full of seats. And he's yes, he looks up, he screams, <laughs> <Ben!"> <laughs> And he chased me all around the place. And I had to say, Dennis, I swear to God, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Oh
1: sure who else would it be? be?
0: And then he <laughs> fell asleep on the he fell asleep on the way home on the plane and he shaved his eyebrow on the plane. <laughs> <Griffin>. <laughs> uh, and then he, and then he was one of those crazy fellas. We were coming in, and he had his bandages and his mitts in the bag, and he's and he's sweaty fucking gear. He never even washed his gear. And uh, next of all, he's I seen he's his, uh, his passport hanging out of his back pocket, and I dipped him And next of all, he got to the fucking place, and man was "Where's your passport?" And he's looking all around, and he's got and next of all, he ate, uh empty the bag on the floor, the bleeding smelly fucking gear and everything. And his his face is oh me, boss, he's, he's nearly crying. And next of all he said, fucking w there it is there didn't he say Oh Jesus. It was terrible, terrible. Yeah. Oh, I said, Dennis, you're not going to get out of this airport. They keep you here for fucking days. Relax and have a look. And I had it in my back pocket. And next I said, where? Did they... Give me a give me a look at that. You're not searching now. There you are, you fucking easy. And he didn't cop it, fair play. Though. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it oh um, Jesus. <laughs> it was the best. Oh, they were the best times you can imagine, can you?
1: Yeah, it's like say Billy Walter would have knocked you out of left hook if you, if you did then, any, I'm any I'm any on him.
0: Listen, me, Billy Waltz are not fucking anyone out of Let's But, like, you know what? I only looking back, Billy Waltz, like, was, you have to say, like, he was some fire because he's the only one and he knocked the three Joyce's out. you so know gone. that? He, he knocked Gordon out, he knocked Barry out, and he knocked Kieran out. And I tell you what, that takes some done. Yeah, absolutely. Walsh, yeah. And, I, and, and, and that'll show you how, how, good of a fighter Michael Crew was Michael Crew beat Billy Walsh you know like you never mind and Michael Crew beat Juan Sierra Hernandez whatever his name was and I'm going to be honest nobody could beat him only Michael Crew he had the the ability he had the cell part like himself like there was just a way I don't know whether it's a trim the way or whatever it was a cell part his hands were like lighten. he had a, he had the brain to beat them, you know yeah yeah, you it was incredible, a, yeah, yeah, incredible it, performance. Like the, it, there's, so, there's natural ability and there's, you uh, can be taught so much, but when you have natural ability, you, you can't teach that, you know? And Michael had it and thank God I had it, you know, because I used to go in and, and I would never even, i it get out of the ring and I wouldn't even realise, oh, was that a South part or an Orthodox? I wouldn't care, you know, that way, it didn't bother mm-hmm. me. But I, I, yeah, I have, and I have a couple of little fighters up in the club now at the moment. I have a nephew; he's unbelievable. Hopefully, if he, you know, if things go right in the next few years, and he, and he's and he he stays in love with the game, he could be anything. He's, you know, I've never seen a, a young player at that age to, to be so good. You know, yeah. And I, I I've there's some of well, great little kids up in the club, you know, and that's trying and little Aaron Keough and and the three Collins brothers, Martin, Michael, and Jamie. Have some just some great talent and some, some great little warriors in the club Dylan Douglas and Jack and uh, Jack Gill. And, and you know what I mean? We've got some great kids up there. And if you keep me going. It's great. I'm, I'm so happy to be back with them. You know, and it's great coaching with Michael, my brother Knowles up there coaching William Crew, Martin Crew, Carl uh, McLaughlin, Carl uh, Gill. They're fucking great. Just loads of them, you know. And and Paul,
1: uh, one of your one of your coaches at the time with Ireland was Nicholas Cruz. You mentioned um yeah. the Cuban at the at the Olympics and he was his, his former coach as well. But in nineteen ninety one now, so your the, the 30 year anniversary, what, yeah. what did Nicholas Cruz act add, add to the mix to put you on top
0: well, of the podium? I, I tell you this, uh, never mind. Nicholas Cruz changed the face of boxing in, in Ireland, you know. Mm. And I we, we never seen that in the like the, the training the way the way you know, the the training regime that he brought in and even doing the pads him, He was unbelievable, you know. And he, and he was, he'd done everything perfect. he done everything. And if you didn't get it right, you had to do it right. It was no way, if you, if you try a punch him, and he used to, he his arms stiff and angles and all. But, and we never seen that like that. We were just taught, taught basically, you know. This fellow was unbelievable. And I oh, said with Nicholas, it's get getting back to the Europeans. We all get to the hotel in in, in Gothenburg uh, the day before the European start. And seven boxers, right? Really. So just so there's two to a room. So have a guess, have a guess who wasn't fucking staying with me. Um, and, there and, were, and, there no, and there was no smell on, you know.
1: Right, so they put you with the coach, did they?
0: No, oh, I fucking had to go with them. Nick said, you with me, Griff. And I said, Oh, fuck me, dad. But i tell you one thing, Kevin, it was the fucking best thing that ever happened to me. He, he, he cheated me out all week and he told me, he actually told me how good I was, you know. Mm. He made me believe myself and he says, I tell you, Paul, and he told me when I was in Drotty, he says, Your name is on the wall in Ireland, he says, but your name is going to be on the wall in, in Europe, he says. Trust me, I'm, I'm telling you now. And I believed in him because I was I was in, it was like, I like c I can't explain it, but it was like all the stuff that happened to me with my ankle and it was a bad, bad like it was like it was fractured, you know. And 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 all the stuff that happened to you down there and, and getting there and and I I just knew there was something something's gonna happen here. And then the way I was sparring, I was sparring with Neil Goff and he was like, like well and Jesus Christ. And I was I was getting the better of them all, you know. Yeah, you were and flying and oh, so I was flying. I was only nineteen like it was a yeah, yeah. like, like, you know.
1: I was going to say it's good, it's good for you that you had a, a reputation for being a difficult roommate because it puts yeah. you in with the coach and I know that Nicholas Cruz yeah. probably the way his personality is he was yeah. like you say working on you all week oh no, he knew, we knew but he knew
0: but look, look at Kev to be honest and, I, and I've never spoke about this around I, after the after, you know after I win of the Europeans and all and not, I lost you way after that and to drink and I drank a lot after that you know I never really drank before I won the Europeans but I got a taste of it and there was so many functions when I come home and 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 you know there was no one there to look after me to be honestly there was no one like you know I I was I was a lot onto myself really you know Mm -hmm. and I I had to think back and all it really it kills me and when I got to the Olympics you have to remember when I fought the Olympic Games the year after I only had two fights that year how are you meant to win an Olympic medal? Because I got my jaw broken in Spain, you know. And then I couldn't even spar them for the Olympics. I only got to spar like for a month before the Olympics. Was was a,
1: how did you get your jaw broken? Was it? I, a- was
0: in, I boxed that guy in, in Spain, a fellow called Manuel Calvo, who hmm. boxed uh, Nazim Hamid in his last professional fight. And, and I won the fight. I won the fight, but I, 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 they, they, there was two Spanish and one Irish judge in, and then they got beaten on a 2 1 majority. But after the first round, uh, I come back, I couldn't out, my, I couldn't get the gum shield down my mouth because my, my jaw was in bits. And Nick says to me, Are you okay? I said, No, not okay, I can't get the fucking out of my mouth, but I, he says, Right, we're going to stop the fight. I said, No, I'm not stopping the fight. So we, we boxed on the next fight. I thought I won the fight, but I didn't get it. it was just, uh, I'd never been in a place like it uh, in Spain. You want to see the crowd? They were like fucking when we were wanted to ring and all. They were trying to fucking hit us and all. It was fucking. It was crazy. And uh, was, like I said, what the fuck is this? Like, it was just like it. so like one of those places where the, the the bull fights used to be. You know? Yeah. It was like they were mental. They wanted to. They wanted to kill us. You know? And and I thought I won the fight, but I didn't. But anyway, I didn't care about that. It was my jaw got out of ring and, and the doctor looked at me and he said, you need to go down and get an x ray." So they brought me to the hospital and straight away the hairline fracture from the top all the way down. Now, he was lucky I didn't have to have my me, me jaw wired but that didn't, that was me basically fucked for the Olympics, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that's just the way life goes. If it had been, you know, time, if the Olympics had been in 91, I'd no doubt I'd have won them but, but that's, that's life, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, in Gothenburg you, another gold medalist was Kostja Tzu uh, uh, yeah. from Soviet Union Sven yeah. Ottke, as well retired uh, undefeated I believe from the pro, professional yeah. ranks so oh, some, some brilliant fighters yeah. uh, like Nicholas Cruz said had their name written up on the wall as yeah. European champions that year and you were one of them you won four fights over there Yeah, uh, and in the semi-final you beat, you beat Britain's world junior gold medalist Alan Vaughan brilliant yeah. performance and then uh, Gatin of Soviet Union in the 57th a kilogram of cider. Yeah. And, the, and Soviets, you know the Soviets were brilliant. They topped the they topped the podium. Uh, they yeah. topped the, the medals table with uh, three gold, three silver, and three bronze. And you so know what,
0: Kev? I, you wouldn't believe since the lockdown, at, I actually, I go through it. I, I go on to, uh, there's a site you can go on to. You just put it into your into your phone. International boxing results, 1996. All the way up to, to, up to now. And there's every competition that was ever, ever done. All the Europeans world, all multi They've every result on them, right? And I went through, I've gone through all them, right? And you want to say it, Kevin. We were, we were sent to probably one competition a year, right? Yeah. These guys, the Todorovs, the, the Gattons, the chews all these, all these Germans, all these top, they fought in every competition. We, the experience that these guys had, they, you talk about me having 220 fights. These guys must have had 600 fights. They were they were putting it since they were seventeen years of age. who were senior boxers. They fought in every competition that they could. So you imagine that experience if we, if they had to send those over there like that. Yes. How good you how the kids in Ireland and um, the, the the talent is unbelievable, especially in Dublin, Belfast, uh, and even down the country. Now it's it's spread out. The, the talent in Ireland. If if they had the funds to send these kids, trust me, we we would be we would be white. We, Way up there with the Cubans and the Russians, you know.
1: Yeah, um, well, it's a Russian you beat in the final, twenty-three um, yeah, fifteen. You raced into a 4 0 lead and yeah. just boxed beautifully. You catch him with the right hand, all nice. Yeah. Uh, he was he was uh, bigger, taller, looked stronger. Strong. Doesn't, doesn't matter.
0: Strong. This, I, I know. You, I remember He was three-time Soviet champion, right? Uh, Got was most three-time Soviet champion, but that year he was he was he was a beaten finalist, right? A, a Bantam way and. And then the the, the 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 featherweight, the featherweight that won the featherweight, they put him with the band away and then they put him in, into the featherweights yeah. right? And he, and he, and, he, and he's boxed all over the world. He's boxed all the Cubans. He's had a, he's had a lot of wins, and you know, so he was he was, and I think he was like, I think he was twenty five or something. my he was only fucking nineteen. And he was a sergeant major in the Russian army, right. you know. Like, he was tough. I remember going to the weigh-in and all, and he was looking at me and all, and he was staring at me, cause, you know, because we we're on the same scales. It was all 12 different scales. And I was, you know, me laughing at me. I was, I'm going to be honest, I was fucking scared inside, but I had to I had to let him on, you know. I was laughing at him and he was, and he was stare, stare, at talking, rushing and all to me. And I said, great, the bleeding smell of your breath. We'll you? fucking need you. And next of all, he turned around, I said to him, I gave him a little slap on the side. I said, don't let the good looks feel you. <laughs> he didn't know what he was saying, but he said, "But he was shitting." But I said to myself, "This cunt now thinks I'm mad. I matter, don't give a fuck, you know." Yeah. And, that, and that's what I had to do. But he, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't even nervous going in. I didn't even watch him. I swear to God, all I knew was was I. I said to myself, "I don't want to watch him because if I watch him, the cunt would probably put me off." And I, I said, "You know, I didn't watch him." But all the fellas, he be he fucking. He won by like twenties and tens and fifteen points on the way to the final, you know. And and he stopped one of them or something. So I knew he was strong, but then he hit me in the fight in the fourth rounds. And I said, fuck this, you better get on your bike here, you know. Yeah. But when I put it outboxed him, he was a much easier fight than, than Alan Vaughan. Vaughn, Vaughn yeah. was Vaughan was very hearty. He was six foot, you remember, Vaughan was unbelievable. But like, I just I just had to had to and I went to Liverpool five months before that, uh, to fight him. And he told me that he was too good for me because he's had to win the World Championships, you know. Well. And he said, "No, nah, that's a mismatch. So I was glad I didn't fight him then because I wasn't really fit, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah,
1: because that was a great performance. I watched that as well and um, oh, you can We're see so just
0: fast just and, yeah. had
1: to be quick. It had to be quick because yeah. you had to catch him on the way in. And oh, it was just Colin his was right so- hands spinning yeah. off and
0: yeah, I still thought he won a little bit. He only won by three points. I thought he won a little bit easier than that, you know, but like that's the way it goes, you know, and, and he was a, he was a world champion. And the guy I beat before that, Keith Adamo, he was, a, he was a bronze medalist at the world championships and a silver medalist at the world juniors, you know. So I beat, like, a lot of top fighters, like, you know.
1: What was the feeling like when um, you were announced as the winner, the champion?
0: I couldn't believe it. It didn't sink in when I'm flying into the airport, actually. You have to remember, Kevin, this was like well, you actually got Ireland back on the map. You know? Like there's no nobody beat Russians. Nobody won. You know, no one beat Russians and Irish boxers. It's different now. But like then, most for Irish fans that got in against the Russians were happy to fucking last the distance, you know. But I, I fucking knew after when the way I was boxing and when I beat Vaughn, when I seen Vaughn getting on the bus when we were at the airport we all got on the same bus back today and I looked at him and I I had to read and I was a connoisseur on boxing I used to read all the boxing magazines and all the boxing news and all you know and I couldn't I just couldn't fathom how big he was like you know Mm. how the fuck is that man Nine Stone you know so you know and he was the only one that actually I said to myself how do you beat a fella like that you know and he could punch too like you know but how, I, but how, do it? It. how do you I do know, it I, just, I don't know how I done but I done it and it, it was such a, it has to be a lot of you know it's ability and it's I have to be honest I knew how hard I was at the training as well I knew it could last I stayed the distance you know and, and once I had that in my head if I didn't fuck up and I was in training my, my mindset was like when they fought, I fought Todorov I trained for 8 weeks solid I ran, I ran a million miles I ran myself into the ground but at the same time I didn't know about trend, I knew what to do. I listened to my body and I knew I said, if it was on farm, it could be anybody. Anybody. Yeah. And that was just the way it was.
1: What was the party like when you got back to Dublin? What uh, how were you, you received back in Germany and in town and liberties well, everywhere you it went? It wasn't
0: really, it was in town because I'm from really in and around town and, and uh, you know, yeah, but it, was like, it was just, it was, I think it was just everyone was gobsmacked. you know. How does this happen? Like, oh, I couldn't believe it. You know, well, it was weird, like, you know, and then I had to, and then I had to, you know, I had to continue and then a, a couple of months later I had to go, go to a, a multi-nations in Austria. Me and Michael Crute and, and Wayne McCulloch. Um, we had two fights, semi-finals and finals. And I I've, I got my box to go in the semi-finals uh, Hungarian called Zoltan Kalik, So it was probably the hardest fight I ever had in my life. And I thought I'd won by about three or four punches. But, he had me down as winning 10-2. I didn't win 10-2. It was the hardest way. I couldn't believe how hard it was. He was so tough. Well, I don't think I was that fit, you know, and that's maybe didn't let myself down a bit. But uh, two months later, he came over to dirty, and he knocked, Roy, he knocked Roy Nash out in the fourth round, you know. Mm. So that's how he said to me. So said, I knew. Neil, I said, this fella... Didn't. Yeah, yeah. And Nash, was, Nash, he wasn't a great international fighter, but but he was a, he was a tough fighter, though, you know. Yeah. And, he, and he was around the block and he never... He didn't abuse his body. He didn't. He lived the right way. He used to run marathons and all right, you know. But uh, he was a bit of a sore loser, though. You know, he never got over that when I beat him. You know, he beat me the first year and I held my hands up. Yeah, he beat me, Roy. You know, get over it. And then he he sent me a message on 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 Facebook one day, saying, "Ah, yeah, yeah you still. So you never won that fight. You know, the one I beat him to go to Europeans. And I just said it to him, I said, you know what, Roy." Well, the, I won 5-0 on the on the, the scorecards but he said look it it's like this I said I went to the Europeans I said you're boxing about 3 or 4 Europeans you never won that and I'm at the winning I'm at the, I'm at the, I got gold and bronze and 2 Europeans I never got beaten I said I said I boxed a guy in, from Hungary in Austria I said I beat him 10-2 I said he knocked you out in the fourth round i leave her at that you know
1: no, he's, he's, he's still a fight. Still a fighter, you know. He doesn't believe he lost, and that's that's yeah. the way. That's the attitude
0: you've got to have sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah, but he was jays, he as well. Beat. I, mm. I'd say I watched the fight a million times. I beat him. I was, was just, I, I don't, and I, and I wouldn't have beat him on he was fit. Only I trained and hard though, you know. Yeah. Because he, he was one of them fellas that you could never ever, you slacked and trying him with him, he'll always catch up with you, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: He oh, wouldn't the pros.
1: Paul, in the intro, I uh, named out a few kind of great sports people with that kind of God-given ability from Ireland, um, mm-hmm. like Ale- Alex Higgins and George Best and Paul McGran. There's so, some some lads there who kind of struggle with substance abuse and something like that. Yeah. But then, but then, and and often you feel like they could have won even more yeah. than they actually did during their careers. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't you can't sniff at George Best winning, you know, European. The european cup oh, or you can't or oh. paul McGrath, you know played in two world cups and mm-hmm. uh, you know so like th- there's lads who who they still won an awful lot for their ability and uh maybe you yeah. know they could have they won more um and I, I don't feel like i was blowing smoke to compare you to put you in that category like uh, it just in research for this like one of your friends was telling me like if you were to do a survey with all irish amateur boxing coaches paul griffin would be mentioned as the most skillful fighter that yeah. this country has seen do you get that sort of feedback yourself? Do you, do you see where people are coming from when they say it?
0: Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I've got when I was out. I don't be, I don't do social media anymore, but uh, yeah, I, I used to. It's uh, to, but to be mentioned like that is is unbelievable. Like, you know, what I mean, there's there's loads of great fighters out there. But I did I did have a, a certain ability. You know, it was, it was probably e- easy on the eye to watch me boxing. I was smooth. I was in. I was out. I always tell. I always teach me my own kids that. Well, you just hit. You don't get hit, you know. And if you can do that, you can't get beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's I always had that sense of distance when you come to me. Like, I only take that little half step back, and bang, 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 and and you know you score two or three, like and in a row, and then two or three more. The fight's basically over, you know. Yeah. If you don't get hit, and yeah, I just I look okay, at Kevin. I'm not saying it was the best of of all time, but it was one of the best. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And I. I, and I and I proved it from when I was like, it's in black and white. There, uh, I won everything from 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 eleven years of age up to twenty five. You know, I just I just wish I could have punched a bit harder because I might have done a bit better than the pros. You know. Yeah. Well,
1: we'll we'll come back to you uh, another time in a couple yeah, of weeks or a couple of, course, of months yeah. to to discuss your pro career yeah. uh, because you know you were all you were here there and everywhere and you have some brilliant yeah. stories from it, and I know that. <laughs> um, you're fifty this year, Paul. Happy birthday 50, 50, in advance.
0: Oh my God, yeah. And it's 40 <laughs> years uh, on the 12th of May that I won the European title. Yeah, a so a
1: year of milestones coming up for you. Hopefully, you get yeah. a chance to celebrate them with all this Oh my God, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's great talking Nick, Kevin. And it's great to be back living in the real world because I went down a really bad road there for a while and it was, my father died. And I, I didn't recover for a long time, you know. And, you know, I still, still, still still very, very upset and sad over it but I have to try and get on, you know and but I, I kind of you know I think when you, when I was the way I was living I was drinking a lot and I was living in the past and like, like you were talking about here about you know oh, I should have done this and I should have done that but look at it, I'm, I'm so happy to have done what I've done, you know and you know when you, when you get I, I'm humble and and, and, and the and the Boxing Club they're at the they built on an extension on the wall, you uh, onto the club. You know, a room, a weight room, and they're gonna they're gonna name it after me. You know, the Pogrevin weight room. You know, which is to me is I couldn't believe it. So I'm, I'm so I'm so happy, like you know, and and I'm thankful that, that that they they taught, but they taught me like that. And that was even before I went back to the boxing club. You know, mm. they were gonna name it like they were gonna name it anyway. You know, and I have to thank the, you know all the boys in the club for that. You know, it's brilliant. Just give me a, give me a big lift. You know. And um, COVID has been terrible for people, really has. Well it's actually it's been good for me because I'm about to get me life together again. You know, the pubs are closed and I don't we don't like drinking at home, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I am actually long may I last, Kev, you know, and please God, um I can get a couple of champions now and maybe international champions and I really believe that we we've kids up in the club that that can actually fight at that level. That me and Michael crew fight if they get big, if they stay in the right on the right track, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's their job. The key to to look out for them, you know. And we have a couple of girls up there. Kelly McLaughlin's very good for her and she's you know she's only twenty two, and she's you know this COVID, if the Olympics is over now. Well, this year, so hopefully we can get the likes of Hall ready for the for the next Olympics. And we've got Martin Collins there, a good few fires there. And if I if I, if I didn't mention any of I'm sorry, but. And Paddy Adam, we've looking, he's, he was a uh, league champion last year, and he's a very good fighter. I had him up sparring with Eric Donovan all somewhere there, you know.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: And, and, and he and he was sparring great with Eric, and you know, Eric has been a great, a great help to him. And and I wish Eric the best of, you know, when he when he fights again this year.
1: Yeah, well, look, Paul. I think we, we we'll call it we'll call it there. Uh, yeah. And congratulations on the upcoming anniversary, 30 years. It's yeah, it must be,
0: fantastic, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> where did it all go? But uh, Paul, I'll speak to you soon. God
0: bless. Yeah, come
1: on. Good